Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place, The Legend of Korra. Hello everybody and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Today we are rounding out week 28 uh, by talking about The Legend of Korra, book 3, Change, episodes 3 and 4, The Earth Queen, and uh, In Harm's Way. So, uh, the... There's, again, there's a bunch to take away from these episodes. It's, uh, it's, it's hard not to be immediately drawn to certain parallels. Um, but I think the, the highlight and the most important thing we need to start with is happy birthday, Noel! Thank you. Happy Um, birthday, Noel! Yes, it, it, today is my birthday. Um, I'm very excited, as you can tell. No, I'm actually really excited to record on my birthday, um, with both of you, and then later with Kate, for main mothership televerse um so no better birthday gift um, (laughs) than getting to talk about tv with two very intelligent lovely people you don't get to make your birthday about us being nice no 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 it's your birthday oh you can make it a little bit about (laughs) (laughs) and also trump has covid so i mean like it was a weird birthday it it was a very weird birthday present (laughs) yeah yeah there's a lot there's a lot going on um well Speaking of the Earth Queen, how are we feeling about <laughs> Ba Sing Se and the return to a familiar locale? Allison, I'm going to throw it to you first as a first-time viewer. God, there is just no normalcy in Ba Sing Se, is there? Yeah. Like, there's that just, city's never going to change. N- it just, no matter just how much worse. it changes, it always stays the same. Yeah. Um, just uh, th- when they were flying over the outer ring and it smelled and then uh, and this and then and... Oh, God, it was, um, yeah, mm-hmm. that was rough. That was really rough. Marcus says uh, there were children imprisoned. Yep. Yeah, yep. yep. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think it probably not an ideal tourist destination, probably seriously in need of um, um, uh, some new leadership, um, some new social policies. Vote bear. Um, <laughs> vote bear. Bosco, right? Sure. Yeah. Bosco. Uh, Noel, what did you think about our return to Bossing Say? I mean, the, it's just so bad. Like, it's a terrific example of why the monarchy is a terrible idea. Um, but it's also just aggressively bad. And it's gotten worse in 70 years, in part because the Earth Queen is apparently just super terrible. Um, that, like, you need a passport and a ticket to move between the rings? That's pretty bad. Um, and then you're just enlisting airbenders and keeping them for your own private army. Um, it's just real rough. Um, but I do like that this this episode in particular, uh, the Earth Queen, addresses one of the, well these pair of episodes addresses the big thing that I think Marcus mentioned um, right when the show right when we started Korra was wait how does the Earth Kingdom feel? About Zuko and Aang just taking a bunch of land from them. And apparently not super well. Um, Even though, like, the Earth King just allowed it to happen and was happy to do it. But his daughter, not so much with with the whole giving up of land thing. And now she wanted to build an Earthbender army to take it all back from Republic City. Which I'm sure that these political machinations will not be important to the overall plot of this season. No, I'm, it won't all. come back at all. I'm just, <clears throat> I'm just parched. Yeah, I'm super thirsty. I've been talking a lot today. Um, 
Yeah, so I think it's I think it's a really good kind of setup sort of deal. But I also one of the things I actually really do like about both of these episodes is like a unit is that in harm's way also marks like I feel like the end of this season's prologue in a lot of ways of like we've established a bunch of stuff we've got airbenders ready to go those poor very happy airbenders ready to go and join the air nomad society which did you tell them what they were in store for no okay they're soft they're soft selling it they're like you know they've learned from the you know the 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 hard sell doesn't work yeah um that we're now like ready to formally kick off the season because all our bad guys are out of their super max prisons um in really startling delightful ways and we do need to talk a little bit about in harm's way which is i think a really well executed action episode even if it's kind of flat but Overall, really solid two pair of episodes that I think put us into firmly what the rest of the season is going to be focused on. Yeah, I think it also does a good job of setting up Cora's strengths and also her flaws and weaknesses, right? When she's like, you're going to go be muscle for the Earth Queen. She's like, doesn't go, uh, no, I don't do that. That's not my job as the Avatar. Also, have you seen your city because you don't need more money. The outer rim needs the outer ring needs money and these they're who needs the money. I'm not going to extort them for you. Like the fact that it takes Core going like, "Yeah, probably they're right and I'm you know, eating and abetting. It's growth." Yeah. <laughs> it would have taken her whole season to figure this out like 2 weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like Aang and crew would have gotten that by halfway through their episode, but you know, Cora, it's she's got different strengths. She's got different flaws. I like that they are not shying away from some of that. Um, they, the the stuff with um, with Bolin and Mako, I think is a bit rougher, <laughs> but I'm I'm uh, I do enjoy it. Uh, though it's going to be weird to see Mako without the scarf. Um, did you guys? What, I mean, Allison, what did you think of them actually just like bumping into Granny the way that Bolin was, you know, theorizing in the previous episode? You know, this is a an approach that the show has taken before with um, with the revelation that all of Boomy's stories were true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked it then, too. I think it's interesting when you're able to defy expectations by playing directly into expectations. Um, so I appreciated it as a, a bit of comic relief and as just sort of like a, a wacky happening in our world. But also, it's interesting to see... Um, Mako and Bolin deal with their actual lives, even if it's in sort of a heightened, surreal way, which I'm sure, let me rephrase this, which I'm sure won't have anything to bear on their arc of the season as a whole, Um, (laughs) which I'm sure is going to continue as they continue to like stare down their childhoods through the person of Kai and, um, and continue to reckon with, whatever the heck it is that happened with their parents and whatnot. So, so I liked it. Um, I I think part of the reason that it worked for me so well is that it's tricky to do an establishing episode, particularly two right in a row. Um, even more so when you think about it on the heels of the soft reboot of the episodes prior to get all of your ducks in a row and not make it feel like housekeeping. And there were some moments here and there that felt like housekeeping. But for the most part, I think 
aspects like the surreality of that reveal, um, like a couple of the other little flourishes and touches, uh, sort of made the medicine go down, so to speak. It was easy to just focus in on um, all of those fun textural details and not worry so much about the fact that they were just moving the pieces around the board. Mm hmm. Noel, what did you think of uh, the the fame of Mako and Bolin and the movers and everything? I, I I wholeheartedly agree with Allison. It's sort of the tonic that you need in that episode of tonally. So I really like it. I like the fact that their cousin that they encounter is so totally them. Mm-hmm. Um, just in a Earth King in a bossing say sort of way. So I think that there's just a lot of really there's a lot of like really fun silly things here um, that I find really kind of charming. And more than anything, I really love that it's immediately a happy reunion for the most part. Like there's a little bit of like sad backstory about the parents and everything, but on the whole, it's a very sort of they suddenly have this huge, massive family, like huge, massive family. And I think that that's just really lovely. It's really sweet for the two of them to have that moment of establishing a different kind of familiar bond in addition to the one that they, their found family that they've developed with Korra and uh, Tenzin's family and Asami as well. So I think that there's just a number of like really nice things that that plot feeds and works on for me and i was actually trying to remember if they come back and i feel like they do but i don't remember entirely allison um but i think that they come back in some capacity but i don't remember Mm -hmm. how much fingers crossed yeah um marcus says uh all the first of all all the descriptors of the earth queen before she appeared could have applied to a bear it's like you can't have any animals do you yeah. Yep. Very good. Uh, Marcus says it almost feels like movers shouldn't be in Bossing Say, as it still feels old and brings back you know Avatar: The Last Airbender vibes versus Republic City, which feels newer and more modern. Yeah, that's interesting, and the, I like the the difference in the you know the architecture and the feel, and even just the way they animate it. It does feel very, very much older than than. Um, it's just the the energy of Republic City, so yeah. But those movers are a good way to keep the lower the low the outer ring in line. Like yeah, you just show them some movers, keep them in line, some bread and circuses. Hmm. Um. The the next thing I want to make sure we talk about besides uh, first of all, Team Pabu, you ke- you keep uh, causing those uh, allergic reactions, please, please and thank you. You're doing uh, you're doing good work there, Pabu. Um. The <laughs> And the hesitance was like, but you smell uh, from Papa was very good. Uh, the the one of my ba- like probably my single biggest takeaway from In Harm's Way is not actually anything with our main characters, but holy crap, Mingwa is is horrifying and terrifying. And like, how are they possibly going to beat her? But, like, yes, I know we're supposed to be more concerned about like the last one they have to get, right? Be the, who's got the combustion, the combustion. man, sparky, yeah. sparky, boom, boom, man, uh, powers. But, uh, I, I know how they can attack that. I don't know how they're possibly going to take out our waterbender with the, like the picks for arms, you know, like it's such a compelling and just agile 
like animation for her or storyboarding for her. She's just like, how are they going to beat her? They've done a really good job of establishing the villains of the piece. Having having the Earthbender be like, oh, seriously, you're going to make that now? Right now? You have to do this right now? It was great. But it's been so long. It's been like 18 years since they've had a chance to bone. Yeah. So I, yeah. Mean, I get it. I, I get, get it. it. I get it. But I like that little bit of personality for him. That's the only yeah. bit of connection I have to that character. But the other ones, they've done a really good job of making them formidable opponents. And with our team having so many terrific benders, I think it's good that they are establishing not just a villain, but a real rogues gallery. And in episode, by episode four at least, I am seriously not confident that any of our good guys could beat the any of the bad guys, with the exception of Korra going into the Avatar state. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Yeah, and Allison also, in answering that question, how do you feel about them trying to kill Korra when she was a little baby? And that was the reason that she was locked up by the White it's Like, Lotus. yeah, maybe you shouldn't have been being a dick to your dad so much last season for no reason. I and mean, maybe your dad should have said something. Maybe, but... <laughs> this should, maybe it's an obvious retcon, but don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's, but if a retcon is that obvious, then I'm just going to go ahead and be okay with making fun of it a little. Um, you know, I like this as a story development. It makes sense that um, in a very um, ATLA kind of way as well that the sins of the past continue, right? Like you don't ever entirely leave the things that have happened behind because there are consequences to everything for good and for ill. Um, so it makes sense to me that while we're also talking about the decisions that Ang made in his life, um, that the sort of net result of those decisions would be plaguing Cora in all kinds of ways. Um, so yeah, that really works for me. I forget what the other question was. <laughs> But setting up the um, these bad guys and, you know, they're really formidable at this yes, point. Yes, yeah. I um, uh, I could also use a little bit more from our Earth Kingdom pal, uh, our Earthbending pal, but um, they are all very daunting in completely different ways, which I appreciate because as a pack, they're formidable, um, but you can see how they would work together um, in a very... Um, death to knees child sort of way and compliment each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's very scary into it. The girlfriend character going like, you know, we could just take the elevator and they're like, yeah, but this is so much cooler. If I just ice pick our way up this glacier, it's way cooler. Noel, any thoughts? No, they're still like, like I said before, and I agree with Allison here is that they just do a really good job of continuing to establish them as threats. Um, and Kate, you outlined really well how this episode in, in Harm's Way in particular is like, right, so how are we going to wharf a bunch of characters here real fast? <laughs> we got Zuko, we got a dragon, we've got Desna and Eska, um, and Tonrak. So it's just like, we got a bunch of actually pretty solid benders, not a lot of variety, but we've got a pretty solid like group of benders and a dragon. Um, and it's like, yeah, no, it's not really a problem for these very hardened criminals. Um, so I really like how they continue to escalate, like, the physical danger that they all represent. And I also, related to that, I also love that Korra's response is, eh, it's fine. 
Dude, can't be that bad. I can take them. And it's just like, Cora, never change. My dear, sweet girl, never change. <laughs> change <laughs> a little deal bit. deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Change a little bit. This is not going to end well um, <laughs> if you continue with this attitude, however. Um, but, yeah, it's just a really good... It's just really good. It's really fun. And one of the things I also really, really like about it um, is that because of his whole build... Um, Zaheer's airbending looks much more aggressive and much more physical than even, like, Tenzin's does. It's just so aggressive because of how, like, stocky and built he is. Um, he's like Iroh at the end of Avatar The Last Airbender where he's just ripped. Um, but it feels really different from all other airbenders we've seen, which have just been monks and nuns. Um, they're not super built. Um, so it, it, it gives it a different sort of feel when you see someone airbending like that and you immediately go, yeah, no, that makes sense for why she would want an airbending army to help her reclaim her territory because airbending is pretty terrifying if executed in a different way. Yeah. Also because they don't have, people don't have experience defending against airbending. So if you can develop your own school of it, right, it's, the only style of airbending anyone will have ever defended against is Tenzin's and what he taught his children. So, like, this is a completely different approach. And it also just makes complete sense that, that you know, discovering he has airbending up in his cell by himself, this guy who's clearly doing plenty of, like, pull-ups in the cave while he waits for his rice every three weeks, uh, would have his own style that he would have created and taught himself makes sense and then having the Dai Li be who is training the uh these other airbenders would really impact their technique as well like it's it, it's interesting and it makes a lot of sense and it, it allows for a lot more interesting um like visual language as we get to more um permutations of types of fights that we're going to see over the course of the season. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Marcus says, considering three of them, the baddies, rescued the fourth while she was being guarded by Tamak, Zuko, Eska, and Desna. We do need to shout out Eska and Desna. And Eska's excitement, like low-key, uh, like underplayed excitement, that there's a prison that I could have been putting people in this whole time. Very good. I'm super on board. The prison line's good. My favorite is Zuko's whole... I hired I hired a guy with a similar ability to kill the Avatar once. It didn't work. <laughs> Don't feel bad. I tried to kill Korra after she ruined my wedding. It happens. Um, for, first of all, all the line delivery of that is really great. But my favorite bit is actually Tonrak's eyes darting back and forth for during this whole exchange of like, wait, hang on. What's happening right now? None of this is okay. You kill, tried to kill my daughter? I think I knew that on some level, but also you just said it out loud. <laughs> am I supposed to, like, you realize that I am also a chief. Like, we are equals yeah. here. This is not okay. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Um, Marcus also says, can she be Kaiju Korra again? Because then I think she'd be all right. Um, no. But that would be cool. And it would help, certainly. But no. Yeah. Um, what else about these uh, episodes should we make sure that we shout out? Do you guys have any other moments that you wanted to make sure to mention? Well, we should talk a little bit about uh, Korra and Asami teaming up and having a little fight scene with the bandits. How was that for Allison? I feel like my dreams are coming true. <laughs> hmm. um, it was great. It's really fun watching them um, spar, you know, sometimes literally watching them hang out together and... Um, 
pick up on each other's strengths and stuff. I feel very much like a Supergirl fan right now where I just feel like I'm waiting for a thing that seems pretty clear to me, but which seems to not be so clear to anyone else. <laughs> so, um, although Noel just drank, so who knows? Nothing to do with what you said. Oh, fine. I was Anyways, just thirsty. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all about anything that makes it so that Cora and Asami are hanging out and kicking ass together. Um, I also want to talk about Jinora, uh, mm-hmm. her continued superpowers and her spectral blushing. Mm-hmm. Which is very cute. Um, I liked that these episodes were like, oh yeah, remember Asami being awesome and like an excellent fighter? Yeah, we're going to do that again. Sorry about season two, guys. We're going to remember that and do that again. With her big Thanos glove. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and as for Janora, I like that just the ex- explanation of like it's a high level Airbender thing. You just don't worry, just don't worry about it. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. So you know, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> awesome. I'll I'll come. We'll come rescue you now. Uh, Noel, did you appreciate as well all, all our stuff that we get with Janora and her spirit powers? It it's very sweet and cute, and I really like it. Um, and I also like the little spirit blush. So. Yeah, no, it's very cute. I like it. It's very good. It's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I also like that they don't uh, forget Lake Logai, but that they're in a different location. That the, the the Earth Queen has come up with a different um, place to keep them. I, I also like just like the list, like a city that old with like this much inequality and just however many centuries of. Um, different types of leaders and many of whom and and secret societies and stuff who have uh, needed ways to get around the city. There are so many different secret places. It could be, well, it could be the catacombs or it could be the tunnels or it could be the, (laughs) I thought that that all uh, worked really well. And that the the solution of it being right under the the palace um, made a lot of sense. I don't know. I, I, I was, I was on board with all of that. Maybe miss the, that, like, all of the green glowing rocks, right, though, just made me think of the season two finale to Avatar. It's just how, that might still be my favorite sequence, like, f- fight sequence. The climax of everything with, with Iroh and Katara, and it's really high up there. Yeah, for me too. Well, Allison, any other final thoughts and other moments or uh, things you wanted to make sure to mention? Nope. Um, Pabu is right. He deserves better than to be somebody's walking uh, allergy insider. Um, He is also a movie star. Get it together. Um, Yeah. Other than that, into it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, um, I'm just excited about um, this next place that we're going to go visit. So am I. Yeah. the last thing I have is, you know that this cast, the voice cast, is flexing when they bring on Gary Cole to just be Dylee Sergeant slash rich man. Like, yeah. it's like, they hit Gary Cole, they didn't even really use him? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Embarrassment of riches. Um, well, our next episodes, uh, are, I'm excited for our next episodes. We're going to be back next week on Monday with um, episodes f- uh, five and six, which are... Um, the Metal Clan and Old Wounds. And Allison, do you have any guesses about what's headed our way? The Metal Clan. Um, that it just jumped in and like poked at my Breath of the Wild brain, and so now mm. I'm thinking of them as the Yiga Clan. So then it's anyway. Um, 
I'm guessing uh, some other metal benders that okay. we haven't met before. Um, yeah. Um, and they love uh, raucous guitar um, uh, and hair. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the metal gang. Gang? Clan. 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 Um, and then the second one was what? Old Wounds. Old Wounds. I'm going to guess, earnest guess, that that is the We Learn How Ang Died episode. Okay. Uh, I will say that something that you have previously guessed um, about this season happens in the next episode. Ooh, great. So Cora and Asami are going to make out? Something yes. that you previously guessed about this season happens. So you will have a called at least ish. Okay. I think cool. I think an ish tomorrow. Uh, well, right. on Monday when we talk about it. So I'm looking forward to it. Excited. Yeah. Noel, do you want to tease anything? <laughs> Marcus, Marcus says... Go ahead, Kate. Marcus says Avatar Beatles, obviously. Clearly, that's definitely going to be it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Marcus also notes that the Dai Li are still terrible. Yeah. As they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, no, they're still just the just worst. Just the worst. Just the um, worst. Yeah, I don't know that there's anything to tease. I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty excited about one of these episodes in particular. Yeah. I just don't want to say anything because there's some things I want to say, but I think they'll, they're too hinty, especially because it's going to be a couple days before we watch these. I don't want to feed um, instincts. I'll so. text you as soon as it yeah. happens, unless <laughs> it's 1230 in the morning. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, looking forward to what comes next. And we'll be back next week to talk about these episodes. So thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Marcus, for hanging out with us today in the Zoom. And, and we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.